Okay, you ready to start this show? Uh, your host of the evening is a really funny dude. Um, I forgot his last name, but I've seen him before. He's really funny. Uh, give it up for Mike. Coming to you live on tape from the lucky 13th floor of a commercial high-rise in beautiful Beverly Hills adjacent California from the studios of Sirius XM West boasting an obstructed view of the world-famous Hollywood sign. This is The Tully Show. I am your host, Mike Tully. Joining me today, an internationally celebrated comedian and one of the stars of the new sitcom Superior Donuts, airing Mondays at 9 p.m. on CBS Monster Brawny, and a lady who loves cursing so much she wrote a book about it. The author of Everybody Curses, I Swear, Carrie Keegan. Hello, both of you. Thank you so much for being here. Hello. Hey there. Uh, Carrie, you have been out in a book tour for a while now. Are you tired of talking about celebrities cursing? No. No, no, this is great. You this got this for days? Yeah. Uh-huh. It took me years to write the book. It took me more than that to uh, sort of have the research. And now I'm still ready. You guys ready? Yeah. Let's fucking do it. Let's do it. Um, Maz, are you, would you consider yourself a clean comedian? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't claim that. I mean, somewhat. And and I think people get shocked sometimes when I cuss. So it's it's interesting, especially recently with, uh, with the, the elections and all that stuff. I've got a couple of bits that are uh, a little racier for some of the audience that had been used to what I was doing. So it's interesting to try racier material in front of them that does very well in a regular comedy club. And then when you're in a setting where you have a little bit more of a conservative-minded audience, and they're, even though the jokes are what you would think they would agree with, they, would, they should make them laugh, you feel them being like, ooh, he just said bitch. Mm, don't know if I want to laugh at that. I find that the difference in the cultures is just hilarious in how people, because everybody swears. But, yeah. But the different cultures are hysterical in how they swear. So obviously in America it's, you know, fucking shit. And, you know, those are usually the, the most those are the, those, are, those are the bangers. Yes. But then you go into... Australia or England, and then cunt all of a sudden becomes the, the yeah. swear word. But it's not even a swear word. They use it so much, it doesn't matter. But then you go into countries in the Middle East, and swearing isn't a word. It's like an entire phrase of insults that has to do with your grandmother and a goat's balls or something. Yeah, like, you're beautiful. Yeah, wow. You're, yeah, she knows it well. That's what we do. We are. Uh, I'm Iranian originally. I was born in Iran. And so cuss words in, in Persian or Farsi, we describe it. So whereas here we say, fuck you, in... In Persian, you would say dick in your ass <laughs> or dick in your pussy, whoever, whether it's a man or, you know, kirtukuset is dick in your pussy, kirtukunet would be dick in your ass, you know, or we would say things like, um, uh, you would say something like, uh, uh, which is, it's not a cuss word, but it's like a derogatory statement, which means dirt on your head, <laughs> which I think if you, I don't know if this is exactly what it is, but I think it means like, may you die. Like, oh, I see. Like, I they're, mean, they're bur- burying you. We, we yeah, bu- yeah you should be buried. You're such an idiot. Are there uh, new Iranian curses? Because it blows my mind with as much new slang as we keep developing in the American English language. It's the same. We never come up with new curse words. Yeah. The same ones George Carlin was talking about remain the bangers and remain pretty offensive it to most people. It makes me laugh, though, that tits is on that list. Is it? Tits. You can't say tits on, on Well, at regular... the time, you couldn't. So tits oh, wow. was like the... No- but tits, really? Tits. <laughs> I sometimes get wary when I'm doing a an interview on, on regular radio and I say ass, and I think to myself, is this going to make it or not? Mm. Are you allowed to say ass? I, I think you can say kick ass most of the time. I've been saying jackass because I've been talking about Donald Trump Jackass? I, th- <laughs> <laughs> I think that one depends. They won't let you use it on network TV. <laughs> Dude, I, it feels so good to say jackass. I love just going, the guy's an idiot. He's a jackass. And then I tell myself, okay, calm down. You can't, you can't just, that doesn't do anything. It is a little cathartic. Swearing can be cathartic. A hundred percent. It's therapeutic in so many ways. I call him a cunt a lot because that's just for me. Instead of throwing things at the TV or tweeting, I just say it out loud and yeah. I feel better. <laughs> or like I've done, I've I've had this now where I'll post something and someone will come back at me, and I so badly want to go, "You're an idiot," and then I think to myself, "This is just going to continue. This is going to keep going now. If I go with you're an idiot, then he's going to come back with uh, my point is this, and then and I go, you know." 
I've I've refrained, but I think it then. I just go, this guy's an idiot, and then I feel good about myself. Well, it has been proven that cursing is very literally cathartic. They did a study, and they put I think they put students' hands in really, really cold water, and they allowed some of them to yell the curse of their choice and some of them to yell neutral words, and there was like a, a big difference between the amount of time people were, with, were able to withstand discomfort. You shouldn't have to hold anything in, especially if it's if you're saving yourself and not hurting anyone else by doing it. You're mm-hmm. not. I'm not yelling at you when yeah. I'm hurt. I'm just getting it out of my system. Yeah, I think that everybody needs to have an outlet. It's well, really, really important. Well, here's the thing. I love to curse. Uh, I don't do it that much on stage, like you said. So I have people actually come up to me after shows and be like, "What I loved about your show was it was clean." And I'm like, "Oh, thank you." But I mean, I don't necessarily. It's not always going to be clean. Does that feel like damning with faint praise? No, that means that to me that means makes me go, okay, well, you know, as long as they enjoyed it, they enjoyed it. But again, I I hope they don't get upset when they see me mm-hmm. say something that is not as clean. I'm not up there because look, we we know comedians can get very dirty. So I, I would never consider myself a dirty comedian. Um, Have you ever thrown away? But you ever go, oh man, I got the greatest bit, but it is just not me. It's not so much. It's it's not about the cussing of it. It's almost about the um, uh, who you are and what you can say. Like again, I'll just give you an example. Um, I'm doing this bit right now where I talk about how um, I was devastated when Hillary lost because I was at a party with all my liberal friends. They were crying. They were devastated, and I go, I was devastated too, but not just because she lost but also because i donated a thousand dollars so i was watching as she was losing states i was like this bitch just lost me a thousand dollars and then it goes on and on and it's on. like it's like when your team loses in the super bowl exactly. you also have money right that's why you always bet against your team in the super bowl exactly you should have given money to trump election i was? should have and then i would have felt good about it yeah and then you get a return on your investment and then and then the thing i've been doing is i and then i continue i go you know and, and you can't even write it off i go i talked to my to my accountant and he said you can't write it off because it's not a charity you know, you, you can't write that off. So that I said, sucks. Yeah, and then so I say in the joke, I go, so I, I told my accountant, come on, dude. She was coughing during the elections. Like, that's a charity. Or she was, remember she passed out at 9-11? That's a charity. And then I go, you know what? She lost to Trump. you got to be a little retarded to lose to Trump. So now I just threw out the word retarded, all right? Now, some audiences, like some comedians, when they say that, it, it's, a, it's considered a little edgy. But if they're edgy, then people laugh. Because yes. I'm not considered edgy, I felt my audience sometimes be like, "Whoa, he just mm-hmm. said retarded." I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to demean mentally disabled no. people at all. Like I, I, that's one of my, the last things I would ever want to do because I actually, like, I get upset when people do that. Like I would never make fun of somebody that had that. I'm just trying to make the joke that you've got to be a little mentally challenged to lose to Trump. And, and that's that, got that's got no snap on it. That's got, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Well, it's a little bit like uh, there's a thing uh, when it comes to movie writing or TV writing. you got to establish the world early on. If something is going to fly in from outer space in the third act, something's got to be whizzing around in the atmosphere in the first ten minutes. Yeah. So since you haven't created that reality around yourself of you're the guy who might insult mentally challenged people (laughs) that's going to come out of nowhere quite the opposite actually I get um, very surprised questions when I don't swear Oh really? I just, I mean, you just wrote a book. You've been mm-hmm. spending your entire career swearing. <laughs> Why are you so clean right now? I'm like, I don't know. I'm fucking tired. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> well, look, the the Trump thing is obviously in the air, and it's the elephant in the room. So let's talk about it right off the bat. Uh, I generally subscribe to the theory that you don't talk about um, politics or religion in mixed company because somebody's going to end up having their feelings hurt. But at the same time, uh, not only is it a thing that's out there that everybody cares about in some way shape or form but um maz obviously you have a particular insight into it you're born in iran and uh, also studied political science yeah yeah so bearing in mind and i think this is an important thing that you're probably right now talking to a lot of people who don't agree with you in any way shape or form right share share your thoughts on the whole thing yeah i appreciate you bringing that up you know because so so uh, look i i have friends that are republicans they voted for trump and i still love my friends and that's not going to change anything and and when he first won i actually said i said you know what we do got to give him the benefit of the doubt because who knows we don't know what's going to happen but then he came in and, and right away started doing all of these executive orders and um the one that really hit home hard that that really was um implemented so fast was this uh, travel ban, which some people are calling a Muslim ban. And he picked seven countries, uh, and and it comes out that actually uh, Obama's administration had put six of these countries already on this list of of countries that have, that come from governments that are 
um, unfriendly to America, basically. And so they were being scrutinized further if they wanted visas. One of those countries is Iran. And I was born in Iran. I came to America as an immigrant when I was six years old, fleeing the revolution of 1979. Well, what happened was when Trump implemented this ban on Friday, um, it was done in such a poor fashion that there were people already in the air with valid visas as well as green cards who landed at airports in America, and nobody knew what they were supposed to do. It was a little off. Um, Trump's administration, they did not uh, consult the Department of Justice before they did it to make sure that these that this is a constitutional thing they're doing. They also, Department of Homeland Security said, do not include green card holders in this ban. But they went ahead and included green card holders only later to then uh, retract that and, and, and say green card holders can come in. But the point, there's a several points being made. One point being made is that Iranians in particular are immigrants that have come to America and have done well, and they're good people just trying to live their lives. They're fleeing a bad situation. Syrians, a lot of the refugees, are fleeing a bad situation. These people go through, they do already go through a long vetting process to get the visa. There has not been a terrorist act committed by anyone from any of these seven countries uh, in America uh, in the past, I think, 40 years. No, none of these people have done anything. Meanwhile, there are other countries that are obviously not all bad or anything like that, but there yeah. are Muslim-dominant countries that there are people who were born there who have come here and done stuff, and they were uh, not subject to the same scrutiny under Trump or Obama. Absolutely. So Saudi Arabia, Egypt, uh, right. United Arab Emirates, uh, even Pakistan have had people that have committed acts of terror, uh, Afghans. Uh, that have that people that were from those countries that committed acts of terrorism in America. Again, you, I don't think you ban a whole country over that. A few points have come out. One is, first of all, uh, if ter- terrorists are by definition criminals, so if they want to get into this country, they will come up with a fake passport and go to a country that is not banned and use their way of getting in, or they will sneak in somehow. Number one. Number two. What really threw me, Mike, was. Friday it came down. I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening and all these people are coming. Then Saturday I started getting emails of stories of people affected personally. One guy emailed me. He said, listen, my elderly parents flew from Iran to America. That's like a 20-something-hour journey. They landed at LAX. They were held for several hours. Then the uh, the, 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 the Border Patrol people had them sign a piece of paper. These guys are older. They don't know what they're doing. Sign a piece of paper. It's called a Form 407 that – effectively took away their rights of their visa. They put them back on a plane, sent them back to Iran. Elderly parents, all right? Um, These are people that were legal. Uh, I got another, I've gotten several messages of people. I think this guy, I'm not sure if it was Iraqi or Iranian, because some of the people that are writing me, their English isn't that good. This one guy said, listen, I've been working in Iraq, I'm, a, I, I, you know, I, I, and I come back to America, and I'm a citizen now. I think he helped America somehow. Like I don't know if he was a translator or what. He goes, I was trying to get my wife, her visa to come. She's with my five-year-old son, and now they can't come. So he's separated from his wife and children and his son. Um, I, I have another friend of mine who's married to an American woman in Colorado. I'm sorry, engaged. And they were going to be married, and the fam- his family had, was getting visas to come to the wedding. They can't come, so the wedding is now canceled. Another one that somebody described as a Shakespearean situation, uh, Iranian woman met an American man in India. They were students. They fell in love. They got married. They were told to go to Turkey for their for her green card interview on January 30th or 31st. They landed. She got an email saying, your interview's been canceled. She's married to an American. Um, and, uh, and, and, and Iran has reciprocated by banning Americans. So now her American husband can't go to Iran. She can't go to America. They're a couple without a land. couple without a land. And she wrote me, she wow. goes, please help, we are stuck in a hotel in Turkey. Which is no great shakes in and of itself these days. It's crazy, dude. So, right. so that's yeah. so, uh, so just a long story short, I, what I'm trying to get out is people. if people are listening to this and they don't agree with whatever, they support Trump, whatever, I just hope that they would read some of the stories of the innocent people mm-hmm. that are being affected by this mm-hmm. read think about your own being, being separated from your own kids or your own wife or your own elderly parents and 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 realize also that um that that you know some people come out and they say well this is just a temporary ban it's just an inconvenience i heard kellyanne conway say after september 11th when there was further scrutiny at the airports I didn't mind going through extra security. It's not just going through extra security. Well, that's the number one thing that I hear when I talk to Trump supporters is 
what the media wants to portray it as one thing, what is actually going on is a president who says, I want to reevaluate our immigration policy with certain countries. And so we're just we're tightening the screws for 90 days to reevaluate. Why does everybody have to pretend that it is a Muslim ban when it is a temporary policy for a limited number of countries and to that you say yeah and that's great that you say that because to that i say i kind of fell for that originally because when he became president and i said let's give him the benefit of the doubt let's see what happens let's maybe the things that he said in his campaign are not really what he thinks but if you go back and look at the there's a video of him saying donald j trump is calling for a ban on muslims traveling to this country so he straight up said that then you look at who his advisors are right now steve bannon who we know has uh, uh, you know, anti-Muslim sentiment, um, as well as Michael Flynn, who's General Flynn, who there's video again of General Flynn saying how uh, Islam is just an ideology, which if you look at that, then that means that if you can start to sell that, out, sell that, then you start taking the religious rights away from Muslims. Um, he also was in a video where he says, he thought that lawmakers in, in, in South Florida were passing laws to bring Sharia law to Florida. So what I'm trying to say is I am wary of the people that he has around him. And I feel that, again, there's a few things to think about. Okay, this is just a temporary ban. You know what You know what he could have done is he could have said at least, he could have said, you know what, starting March 1st, yeah. we're going to stop letting people in. And then some people said, well, then that's gonna, that would give the terrorists time to Hurry up and get in. Yeah, get on the last flight. But that, again, is ridiculous because if you're a terrorist, you're a criminal. You know how to get in. you got ways to get around it. Okay, so now there are people – the lines are drawn, and and, and it's crazy how little middle ground there is. I don't – I've yet to meet one person who's a little bit of this, a little bit of that. So now we know where we stand, and two sides desperately want to tell the other side, you guys are out of your mind. You're completely not getting this. Please, will you look at the facts? And – our default ways of expressing that are um, uh, above all social media yeah and then we have the protest as well putting those aside for a second are we sure that Twitter activism is productive in the slightest and how likely (laughs) is it that Twitter activism is actually very counterproductive and that what you're really doing what everybody's doing when they and I've been guilty of it as well if you want to call it a crime of posting political opinions is is preaching to the choir and uh and venting and you're actually alienating the people whose hearts and minds you would be trying to change my hope is you know that's what I was saying a lot of times we all get into arguments with somebody you see somebody everything every time I post something that I feel is neutral someone construes it as an attack and then they start attacking me and I'm trying to not attack back my hope right now is originally I was high, very angry and just expressing the fact that I am an immigrant, that I, if I had left Iran as a six-year-old fleeing the revolution of Iran, gotten on that plane, was ecstatic with my family that were getting away from a revolution, landed at JFK and was told, no, no, you got to get back on your plane and go back. The level of anxiety and trauma that that would have caused me as a six-year-old, my family, it's just it's overwhelming. So I'm just trying to encourage people to please open their eyes and find, if you can, read the news of the actual. Because I personally have people reach out to me like I'm the ambassador to this thing, but I'm not. But 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 I've you're a very powerful man. But you have voice, and that's yeah, what's but, important. So so I've heard so many you're Jimmy stories. Bestwood. I'm Jimmy Vestwood. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I've I've heard so many stories now, and so it, it, no matter what side you stand on, if you humanize it. And if you as, you know, you might be somebody who goes, I want security first. Okay, again, please look at the fact that it's elderly being turned away. It's families being torn apart. It's not, we, we have yet to go, oh, um, we look, this guy really was trying to sneak in, and you know, that we caught him because he was coming from one of these countries. Um, I think we need to focus our energies. I think that this has caused chaos. I think that it's a, it's another way, from what I hear about Trump, he's, he kind of thrives on chaos, um, and, and and so this it's is smoke bombs for everything else he's trying to hide. Yeah, there's a lot of that going on. And again, I don't want to like 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 in order to win anybody to maybe listen to my side. I don't want to say that he's evil or or you know I'm sure he's going to do some good stuff. And and in some people's minds, he already is. Mm-hmm. And that's why I even heard someone say that a majority of Americans actually support this ban. And I, what I think is. I real it made me realize when when Black Lives Matters was happening, 
I, I would see it on TV, but I didn't go out and protest. I was like, okay, whatever. It doesn't really affect me. I haven't been shot by a cop. So, you know, but then it made me realize when this thing happened that a lot of other Americans probably do not know anyone from any of these seven countries. Yeah. And you know, to me, I think that's a lot of what this comes down to is if you, uh, and I hate to assume things about people that I've never met, but if you don't have any, um, People who aren't like you in your life, uh, different colors, different races. I'm married to uh, a, a, an immigrant and uh, a, a non-white person who's non. I believe she's mo- one of the most godless people I've ever met. But uh. on paper, <laughs> on paper, she is not. A, she's not a Christian. Yeah. You know. Um, if you have people like that in your life and you see the value that having um, these individuals in your life brings, well, then you say, well, we've got to take the good with the bad. There's going to be a couple of bad apples so that doesn't spoil the bunch. If you are living in a community, perhaps, where you're not reaping any of the benefits of immigration from certain parts of the world, it is easier to see how you arrive at the conclusion, why do I need to take any risks? Yeah. And that's why I think when I see certain celebrities say, and I've been guilty of this as well, you are more likely to get shot by a white guy or a black guy from America than you are to ever get shot by uh, a... Ter- I mean, I was arguing with a guy yesterday, and he's like, all I know is I'm not getting killed by a terrorist in my house. And I said, well, this is actually one thing we can agree on. Statistically, I, there is no fucking chance that's going yeah, to happen. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I totally agree with you. Yeah. Well, and, and as far as the, mm-hmm. the ban goes, I mean, does everyone want to be safe and feel protected in their own country? Yes. It's it's the goal of what we're doing here in yeah. a, as a country is to try and protect the people that live here and, and are honest about coming here and, and all of those things. But the way he's going about it is not necessarily legal or just or fair or, you know, uh, in the benefit of our country, the people and, that live here. And I think, listen, there's so many statistics you can put up. It was kind of funny. I was... <laughs> I, CNN was showing some statistics of like number the odds of you being killed by a, a a terrorist and how low it was and then there was like the lightning bolt and then there was then there was uh, there was a higher chance of you dying but from, from a vending machine which what? I thought was funny I was like why they put vending machine how do you machine? do that I have no when idea your arm gets stuck when you're trying to reach up there no, you'd be surprised <laughs> this is this yeah. is you'd be surprised how often this comes up on, on the Jason Ellis show yeah. on either gig yeah. yeah we are we are we are vigilant yeah. against does it say it on machines. your tombstone then I, death by vending yeah. and like what? so 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 yeah. you, you know we have all these statistics we put out there and I think people see it and maybe like you said some people go well that's that's just the media twisting this and this and that but I again I I go back to if people would just Maybe uh, someone just said there was an app that that, that that is being developed where it it tells you if you're if you're reading too much news from either side and then it links you to news from the other side. That's interesting. It's interesting, right? <laughs> you, you kind of have to be open minded about it because some do. people just want to hear what they what they have. But of course. but I just if if more people were able to at least open their minds for if they said you know what today you know I love Trump. Make America Great Again, everything. everything. I'm going to spend five minutes. I'm just going to take five minutes, and I'm going to Google families affected by the travel ban just to see. And look at the videos and what's going on. There was a video. It was heartbreaking. There was this older Iranian-American guy. He must have been like 60 or something. His English was pretty good, but he's like, listen, he's like, I've been here for 30 years. I'm a contractor. I build homes for people, for Americans. And he goes, my brother is is being held. He's not being allowed. They're going to send him back. And he just starts crying and starts breaking down. And you're like, oh, my God. And, and and you realize this brother, whoever whoever it is, I have relatives that have come here on visas and, and, and on green cards and things like that. They are good people who love America. They're leaving a bad situation trying. You know, it's fun. You know how many people when I, I've, I've only been back to I left Iran when I was six years old. I went back once about 20 years ago and I haven't gone back since because I've criticized the government. And I would be. They love that. They love that. <laughs> I, I, I think we may I, never see you again. Yeah, exactly. So I, I'm really worried about that. But when I was there, I swear to God, because the economic situation was so bad at the time, and America really to this day is still considered the land of opportunity, no matter where you are. Every young person I ran into was saying, "Please help find a way for me to come to America. I just want to come for a better life. I want, for, I want the freedoms. I want that." So you have all these people that really still look at us as a beacon of freedom, as opportunity, and they want to come here and do do well, and they're all now, their hopes, because they sit there in that country going like, this is, I'm hopeless, they're depressed, and then and then they get excited, 
and now they're depressed again because this country that used to say come is saying don't come. Tell me about the character that you play on Superior Donuts. So is it, it's, it's interesting because... <laughs> so, donuts. Yeah, so, so in my real life, I'm Iranian, and on the show, I'm playing an Iraqi immigrant. Okay. Um, racist. Who, racist, I know. <laughs> Iranians are going to be upset at me. But it's interesting because Iraq is another country. Do those that's two on have the, beef? Yeah, they, they, they sometimes do. Iranians have beef with Arabs. Um, it was like all the 80s. Yeah. But, but, uh, but uh, um, in the show, so the show is it stars Judd Hirsch as an older guy who owns a, a donut shop in mm-hmm. Chicago. And there's a younger comedian named Jermaine Fowler. He's black. He comes and he starts modernizing the place. And then there's a cast of people who come in and out. It's kind of like Cheers meets Chico and the Man. So David Keckner plays a guy who's always at the donut shop. Katie Seagal from Married with Children plays uh, um, a cop who's always there. There's a handful of other really funny, good people on there. And then I love um, a good workplace comedy. It is. It's great. And so I play an Iraqi immigrant who's bought properties in the neighborhood, and I'm always trying to buy the donut shop. So I'm kind of a slumlord of sorts. Uh, but what I love about the show as well and, and the writers, once we started to read some articles about the depiction of, of Middle Eastern people and Arabs and Muslims and Iranians in American TV and how negative those depictions have been, we have been trying to show, because this character is kind of like the Carla character from Cheers or the Danny DeVito character from Taxi. He's always kind of like, you know, trying to buy the place, trying to like undercut the owner and all this stuff. But we said, we said, we need to humanize this guy a little bit. It can't just all be that. And so we're trying to show another side. And and I really appreciate them kind of doing that. And it's a CBS show, so it's going to hit the perfect audience for them to see this. And hopefully the, the goal is for people to watch it and go, oh, what a fun show. And then maybe it would the, my character be like, oh, that's a fun character. Oh, he's Arab. Oh, he's not blowing anything up. Oh, wow, there's Arabs who own buildings and, and are businessmen? Now I really want to know the backstory, too. Like, wh- why, why did you become this person? Why is he lovable? What, what does well, he have at home? What stories is he hiding that the, we don't know? The reason I became this person was that it was actually interesting because they'd written it for an Ar- Ar- Iraqi, but they'd used my name before I even knew about it. My they agent just called. didn't know you weren't Iraqi. Well, yeah, they, I don't know why. <laughs> I, they, they, they use Maz, and that's not a very common Middle Eastern name. Okay. So then my agent said, listen, there's a show, and the character's name is Maz. And, <laughs> it's and the it, role you were born to play. It's you. <laughs> so I literally, I just went in and met with them, and I, you know, it's the first time I've ever been offered a part for mm-hmm. a series. I didn't have to audition for it. Awesome. Um, but, but in the conversation, I said, guys, if you want to make them Iranian, I'm Iranian, and I could bring a lot of other knowledge to this. And they argued, they said, you know, we are trying to actually have him be from Iraq because we want to emphasize that he came from a war-torn country and how much he loves America and how much, you know, what it was like there and what it's like now. And so some of the jokes were referring to Iraq and some of the jokes were him trying to undercut the guy. But then I told them, I said, guys, we need to come up with some stuff. So they've done a couple of things. Like they had an episode where um, there's, uh, there's a situation where there's a protest going on. Uh, against me because I've been trying to like run people out of my apartment that I own so I could like make high-end luxury apartments and and then someone we don't know who it is but someone you know spray paints you know Arab go home on my window and we deal with that issue and we as the donut shop patrons come together and it's nicely done and uh, and and I just I, I think that these kinds of things people need to see that this kind of stuff is real. I've talked to so many people, like you said earlier, mm-hmm. I've talked to people, and now we're in this world where you're, there's two different uh, the, the parallel universes. Yes, and people don't um, change their mind with their mind. They change it with their heart. I'm, I'm certain of that. I think that, uh, that uh, Ichiro and Yao Ming and Jeremy Lin did more to improve the general perception of Asian American males and Asian males in America than all of the pamphlets that could have possibly ever been written absolutely absolutely and it's and it's about normalizing these people us realizing that these people are really good i mean i i'm lucky because as a comedian i travel the world and i get to see people in every country i mean i've been to egypt i've been to places where you know egypt right after their revolution i was there and so it was still hot but most people were just trying to live their lives make money feed their family and and really nice and hospitable and open minded, uh, I mean to to open minded in 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 terms of you know you know you being American they're not going to hate you right away they're going to be open to you. Uh, that said, you know there's closed minded people everywhere. Most people are conservative and that you know 
and and they can't stand other people um so yeah isn't that the beauty though of tv i feel like forever tv has been able to bring uh realism to people whatever their struggles are and when you were talking about your show i just i kept having flashbacks of good times yeah and how real that show was you know it was meant to be a sitcom whatever it it wasn't that show got pretty deep a lot of the times and dealing with real issues and i mean even star trek of all shows was one of the first shows i think ever to have a mixed uh relationship a mixed kiss you know yeah Captain Kirk kissing a black girl? What? Yeah. Right. I mean, thank God for shows that were progressive enough to yeah. bring all of these things to our, so that we can now see it. And once you see it, it's not strange anymore. Supposedly, because you've already been in my home. Right. It could have yeah. easily been, I think, uh, Sulu as as a as a gay character, and Gene Roddenberry was like, "Hey, hey, we, we've already got the mixed couple. <laughs> right. yeah. It's 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 nineteen sixty-two. This is one step at a time. You know, you know, the the, the big thing too is that I feel because a lot of times when I post now, especially like. Look, I, I I would love to just post funny things and not get political. But when things happen, you got to get political. And so then a lot of times people will post and they say, you're a comedian, stick to comedy. And my response is, this is, first of all, I'm a human being. So I'm a political, I'm a, I happen to be interested in this stuff. So I don't want to say to you, you're an accountant, stick to accounting. You have an opinion, you have an opinion, express it. If you don't like my opinion, don't follow it. But what you said about TV, I feel that art, film, TV, uh, music can really push the envelope. We can really, because because you know we the rest of the world really is conservative. The rest of the world and most of, a majority of the world does not want change. You're comfortable in where you are, but if you have progressive ideas that go, hey, listen, let's be open a little bit. Let's let's let a black man, let's let a white man kiss a black woman in, in a television show. Let's just see what happens. Let's see if the world really ends when that happens. It didn't explode. It did not explode. Oh, and we made it out of the 60s unscathed. <laughs> uh, speaking again of talking to people online and uh, social media discourse, um, Carrie, I, I imagine at some point or another you have um, experienced a little bit of negativity. No, this everyone's <laughs> awesome. What are you talking about? Um, maybe maybe not just because of the the content of your character, but because you are a woman. Well, I mean, going back even further than that, when I launched No Good TV, my, mm -hmm. my website, um, you know, we became one of the first partners on YouTube, and YouTube was a new place. It was a new format, a new location for people to go and see things and comment and yeah. have opinions about things. And all of a sudden, it felt like every single racist on the planet that you knew how to use a typewriter <laughs> came out and was commenting on videos. I you, didn't know you were you were the target of racism. Me or the we were we had a lot of um, uncensored music videos that we would put up as well, and mm -hmm. I mean just a lot of them were hip hop, obviously. Yeah, and just like people coming out of the woodwork, starting arguments with each other on the comments of my YouTube videos, like. Do you have nothing better to do? And is it? Are you only saying these vile things because you know you're hiding behind whatever your fake name is that your profile? Yeah. I mean, it's just amazing. No, that's what it is, and that's why so many places. Um, I just refuse to get into the whole, and I don't know why. Just, there's not any. I'm I'm lazy. But when you have to do the Facebook login to comment on things, I'm just like I'm I'm out. I've, Once you have to log in, it's already done. Passwords. I don't. I don't. But I don't, you, I don't know what my Facebook. But you're login lucky is. enough to have a voice in media, so right, you don't right, feel right. like you have to say something. The world is my message right. board right but there are so many people out there that don't have anybody listening but you know that as soon as you put those things up the reason why they have those things i thought it was just because facebook wanted to track us for their analytic purposes as soon as you have to put your name on it like 90 percent of that abuse goes away oh, wait i don't smart. know what, what happens i don't know about this there's a, there's a way to comment with putting your name on it what is so that? if i want to comment on say i read sports stuff on the new york post sure. if i actually wanted to comment on a story i can't just put a comment up I need to log in with Facebook which ties my comment oh. to my actual so it can't just be an anonymous horrible quote right. unless <laughs> I'm going to go to the trouble of setting up some you know anonymous mask Facebook account just so I control which the world. you know people do of course they do yeah. well here's I found this um, statistic recently and I find it very interesting so there's a lot of negativity towards women on Twitter and online would it surprise you to learn Carrie Keegan that fully 50% at least of the uses of words slut and whore on Twitter are by women against women. No, that's right. not surprising to me at all. I, I have an entire chapter in my book begging women to start being nicer to each other. I mean, I was bullied in school growing up, and I think that is part of the reason why now I can 
sort of talk about all of these things. We are really bad to each other, and there's no reason. Because if we've all gone through the same stuff. It's the same struggle. We all have the same issues and the same daily, oh, my God, guys are gross and PMS sucks and and the things that we have to deal with every single fucking day. Why do we take it out on each other? You know what it is? I think that there's a, a, a desire to differentiate themselves from you. So if you, let's say, do something that's bad, rather than acknowledging that, that's, that it's in all of us, everything's in all of us, the good and the bad. I mean, even the murderer, like you could at some point be drawn, you know, uh, uh, led to doing that. I mean, it's in all of us. So rather than 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 admitting that, it 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 makes them want to want to call you a name and go, you are this person. You're evil. You're slut. You're but you slept with that guy. You're slut. You're bitch. You're this or that. Whereas, it, rather than than stepping back and going, why do I even have to judge that person? That person did what they did for whatever reason they are where they are. Um, you know, there's a uh, the the first monotheistic religion is called Zoroastrianism, which was a, a, an ancient Persian religion, and all the other monotheistic religions were based off of it. And there, uh, what they live by, they say, good words, good thoughts, good deeds. So if you just live by those three things, like if you see something, You're such a hippie. Dude, I'm telling you, if you, you got a lot of love, yeah, if you, listen, if you really feel like you you, you got to say something, it's like go and hit a punching bag or something. But like, like say I, fuck a lot, it yeah, works too. Yeah, I, I get negative, exercise, profanity. Yeah, these are all healthy outlets. I get, I get negative comments on social media all the time. There's two things. First of all, it used to be these people have always existed, mm-hmm. but back in the day, if they really wanted to express themselves, they had to go down to the stationery store, buy the paper, get the envelope. Go home. Wow, you write have the fancy letter. critics. They you went know, to buy stationery. They would go buy stationery. <laughs> you know, then they would crumple it up, throw it away. Then they, <laughs> to they, whom it may yeah. concern. Yeah. Fuck yourself. Yeah. And, and you would send it. Sincerely. And, you'd have to wait for like a month to see if they even respond. Not very satisfying. <laughs> but now you just sit there and it's like, and sometimes exactly what you just said. Sometimes I'm shocked at people. I'm like, listen, dude. First of all, we don't know if you're dealing, you don't know if you're dealing with someone who's mentally sane even. It could be mm-hmm. somebody who's got a lot of issues. I just read a comment of somebody criticizing my most recent post where it was, I, I said, you know, let's please try and spread, let's, let's try and gain some sympathy for these people. Exactly what I was saying earlier. I'm spiting words. Yeah, and somebody came back with like, Maz, you're part of the problem. And then I, I just read the top, and then and it went for a while, and then I read the end, and I saw that the end was turning into this whole conspiracy theory of how this has all come about. And I was like, oh, Jesus, this guy is like, in another universe. Way so, too much oh, time yeah. on their well, hands. Well, yeah. we, you know, we do the radio show, the Jason Ellis show, and I interact with a lot of listeners and stuff, and a lot of them I g- kind of get to know in the Avatar kind of way, and I kind of take their insight seriously and to heart, and then nine times out of ten I meet them and the normal people, but ten solid 10%, and I'm probably being a little conservative there, I meet them, and within ten seconds I'm like, how many seconds have I wasted caring about this person's opinion? Because it, you might, it's a little bit like internet dating. It, where oh, it's a lot like internet dating. <laughs> the second you walk in the bar, you're like, oh, that was that was a lot of wasted banter. <laughs> yeah, well, going back to what you were saying about when I, we were talking about women and, and you were saying that... Um, they want to differentiate themselves by insulting the other. Yeah, I, I feel like the problem with that, though, that theory, is that I don't know that women would say the same thing to a guy obviously if if a girl well, that's, but that's, goes out and has you know like this is a stupid example but if a girl goes out and has sex with five guys on five different nights every girl comes out and bashes them but if a guy does the same thing she's like oh well you must be hot you know no, but that but that's the exact point because so since you're on the, since you are a girl they're saying oh she's a girl and I'm a girl, you're too close to them, so they want to distance themselves from but you. But guys don't do that to each other. Yeah, guys don't do that, but guys do it in other ways. Guys do, you know, we, we insult each other in other ways, um, um, you know, whether it's a political or sport thing or whatever. You're an idiot. You're a fucking asshole. You don't get it. You're you're stupid. Read. Why don't you read, you fucking, you know. The slut thing, the, sec- the sleeping around thing is not a, is... Is a is it definitely is a women thing versus a guy thing for sure. But but we differentiate ourselves in in a different way. I just feel that everybody, when they when they start ca- casting stones, it's because they want to distance themselves from. We, we, I mean, yeah, you could say that about everybody. I, I think everybody would do that. Yeah, if you, I don't want to be like you, so I'm going to 
say bad things to you, throw throw those stones. I, what, even if even if probably half of what you're saying, I might have already thought, or maybe have done it before, but I don't want you to know. But or, it's, it's also the conflicts that are that you see between countries, whether it's Palestinian and Israelis, or like Iranians and Arabs, or whatever the neighbors. They hate each other, and yet, if from an objective point of view, you go, wait a minute, you all like hummus and you yeah, all like kebab, so and you all have you know mothers who want to feed you till you explode. <laughs> yeah, familiarity breeds contempt. Yeah, yeah I'm sure the Portuguese hate the Spanish. Yeah, yeah. And from from where I'm sitting, you guys are the exact same. I'm telling thing. you. So I think that's what I was trying to get at. It's not. A, I think that women do that to each other because they want to go. I am better than you, and they're not looking at the circumstances. They're not looking at the fact that they too. Could be who who you know who knows when you start going after somebody attacking somebody you don't know their past you don't know what experience that person had you know you don't know what they're going through um, you know and and I love you know I'm but not, that's my whole point is don't we all need to be a little nicer to each other absolutely especially women absolutely because we have all gone through the same shit if we're all trying to work our way up to a better position in our career we've all gone through the same shit we, we just need to take a little time be a little patient maybe use some better judgment keep your mouth shut for two seconds and think what 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 was their situation like what is her story and maybe it's just like yours is it fair to say uh, I might be really really out of line here but I feel like women sometimes reflexively unconsciously see um, other women as sort of a, a zero-sum game competition mm. where if a woman is like uh, is if Amy Schumer is a big comedian you may not be a comedian yourself but Fuck that bitch, because weirdly that should have been me, or that could have That's been just me. Comedians in or, general, or, or whatever. Whereas <laughs> I don't, I don't. I think guys, um, uh, they hate each other and they resent each other, and they're incredibly competitive in many ways, more so than women. But they don't necessarily put it in terms of like you've weirdly taken something from me by being successful. Yeah, Am I, I completely making that? Well, up? No, but I, I'm sure that if you go down back all the way into the animal kingdom, there's that mm-hmm. you know hunter gatherer whatever sort of mentality that ultimately that's where we all come. But we're all smarter now. We don't have to act on our instincts. We're yeah. better than that now. Yeah. I feel like society has never changed as rapidly as it is changing right now, at least not in re- that we're in a time that we're well, the aware way Trump of. is doing executive orders is changing every <laughs> five minutes. I th- but you know what? I had a theory when he got elected, and I'm hoping that this theory comes true. I think that he might just piss off enough people in enough different areas that we as a country have no choice but to come together. I would and love that. act against one common evil yeah. in in a way and mm-hmm. and wow what an amazing thing to have all of the entire country come and maybe even parts of the world yeah all we need is a together. common adversary we all know if the aliens come down here and attack <laughs> us the Palestinians and the Israelis will be marching you know in lockstep yeah, I yeah. mean and you know what's going to happen is that I mean he's basically raging a war against the Muslims right now so we're we're going to all come together instead of instead of letting that war happen how about mm-hmm. we let the war against the bad guy happen well you know, I would also go, Oh, please go ahead. Go ahead. No. No, I would like to think here's the hippie in me that um, uh, Donald Trump represents a lot of radical change, and people have been saying for forever, you know, Tweedledee and Tweedledum, the parties are exactly the same. I I want change, and um, and here's somebody who delivers it, and maybe just maybe America will say, see, all these politicians were lying to us. They said they couldn't move mountains. This guy is proving that you can get a lot of shit done. Maybe somebody's going to come along and say, I can deliver you the same amount of change, but just in a way that is more broadly palatable. Bernie Sanders? I don't th- <laughs> I don't think that. No. You know, I'm a Bernie? <laughs> I've got an ongoing Twitter conversation. The best we've come up with so far is The Rock. The Rock would the be Rock. great. The Rock, oh, yeah. All joking aside. <laughs> I mean, can he, anybody unite America? Kevin like- Hart. They Ooh. did it. They were in a movie together. Maybe they could do it together. The two of them. <laughs> Have we ever had a joint presidency? I would like to see that. That, <laughs> that would, would be, be good. Right? And, and they, two and heads they, are definitely better than one, is right? Is it unfair <laughs> that Chris Hart has to be the vice, uh, Kevin Hart has to be the vice president just because he's so much smaller? No, no, they, no they, he they, should they, absolutely <laughs> be the president. They rotate. So the one day when one of them <laughs> is president, the other one's vice president, and because they're joint, they actually have to smoke a joint, which actually would help... <gasps> Calm everybody. I love this. This is this great. Is, this, this is, is great. I love America all you know, of a sudden. It's Tommy Chong <laughs> politics. I can Mike, get behind this. Mike, yeah. one thing that you said, though, that was interesting, because you're talking about women going after each other and, and men not as much. Uh, I think you, you, you actually hit something, which is a lot of times it's about f- fitting a, a, a category or a, or, or, or a box. So a lot of times there are 
black comedians who will be upset at the success of another black comedian. And there are Latino comedians who will be upset about the success of another Latino guy. And the same thing with Middle Eastern comedians who will be upset but about— that's just jealousy. But, that, but, but, but what I'm going back at is he was saying that when women go against each other, it's guys sometimes— because the problem is—one one problem is uh, it's a lot easier to um, point a finger at somebody else— and point out their flaws, or or say whatever that guy's a hack, or that or that 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 chicks, you know, women going like, oh, that girl's a slut, um, as opposed to turning the mirror to yourself and going, you know what, maybe I should improve myself. It's the it's the bullying effect, right? Yep. Well, you 100%. make me think of something, though. Is it possible that um, white men aren't totally guilty of? Uh, and I hate to take. Uh, part in the sport of just trashing white men as a white man, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, that maybe a a black movie actor who wants to be a leading man, if he sees somebody he doesn't think is all that great is starring in movies, he's he's right. There's only so many seats at that particular table, and if that person is taking, if Denzel's got one of them, that is one less seat for you. And if you are a woman who's trying to get ahead in a corporate environment. There might be some sort of weird, unofficial. But if I'm fighting for that, I'm not going to call you a whore and run away. Like I'm going to try it harder at my job. I, I I understand, but like, why do maybe white men, if they are less guilty of this, why are they less guilty of it? Is because we reflexively assume that there is enough to go around for us. I think. Listen, I think white men have it too. There's got to be some sort of some sort of competition and jealousy when, let's say, uh, I don't know. Uh, a comedian who fits into your category when you're white, you might sit there and go, oh, I might have been, I don't know, Paul Reiser and, and Jerry Seinfeld got the show, and I might be like, well, what the hell? I should have gotten that show. I mean, I think it's just about people that fit into your category. Yes. And the problem becomes, first of all, like I said, I think that we are all – hopefully you get you get a chance to be that person that, that got it, that, that, that gets to be the star. And if that's if you are there, you would hope that people aren't talking all that shit about you. And 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 secondly, I firmly believe that the more people that I know that are that are of my ilk succeed, the more success that brings to me. Because because ultimately, what ends up happening is, like you said, like like if a if a woman does well, then there's going to be another company who's going to be like, well, get me a CEO like that. Like yeah, that's what once I, the they see it, it yeah. becomes a, a thing that's not such a weird thing to see anymore. Yeah, right. But once again, people aren't necessarily thinking with their brain; they're thinking with their with their guts. Yeah. Oh, I thought I thought you were going lower because that's my fan base usually. <laughs> but but they really. But I really wish more. You know, it. it, it I read a I read a book that was talking about how we uh, are encouraged to have an annual physical checkup, but we are not encouraged to have an annual mental checkup, and not to say you are crazy, but to say that it doesn't hurt to go in and just self reflect and maybe go why. You know, if if you really were healthy mentally, or like we're seeing so, like a therapist or somebody to talk about these issues once a week, and go, you know what? I want. I'm wondering why did I have to go off on that person's post so bad? Why did I call that girl a slut and just add fuel to the flame when she's already suffering? Why did I? What What did it do for me? And why do I do that? Why did it make you feel good? Yeah. yeah. We got about That's a really good point. We we should do that. We got about five minutes left, and I have one other thing I wanted to um, bring up to the two of you, Carrie Keegan and Maz Jabrani. Um, uh, most people in the Western world, and probably in the entire world, are um, publicly opposed to adultery. That's just a, that's just an opinion. If you ask most people, they will say adultery is a bad thing. But it is possible, although the numbers are very, very hard to to figure out for very obvious reasons, it is possible that more than 50% of the married adults in the Western world are guilty of committing adultery at least once during their marriage. Now the numbers, the, the range that has been suggested I, is I wild. Like the number of men is like they think it's between thirty and seventy-two percent of married men commit adultery. Because how are you ever going? But even the ones that are having affairs are thinking, "Well, this is bad. No one should be, be doing, this. doing this." Yeah, I think morally everybody can agree that it's wrong. Mm -hmm. um, but like you said, I think that we see more and more, and you know, there's. The, there's good and bad in like like for example divorce the, the, isn't I think divorce rates are I mean divorce is now a little more accepted like if you ha if you're a kid at school and your parents are divorced it's I don't more think it's normal than it's yeah I don't have yet. the stigma it used to have which I think is a good thing because that means that those parents realized 
that that marriage wasn't working. I have I have a I've been having this argument with people for years. It should be way harder to get married and way easier to get divorced. Exactly. I agree. But it's with you. exactly the opposite. It takes forever to get divorced after you got married in Vegas for one stupid weekend. Yeah. You're now stuck with this person for another year with legal fees and all that. The the whole thing is ridiculous. You should have to go to counseling. You should have to get to know each other. You should have to make sure that this is going to be something that is going to last forever yeah at least as best as you can and if you guys decide that after all of that it doesn't work and you had gotten married and all that then you're out you're fine i think that i think that's a healthier thing to do because what you just said what happens is a lot of times Mm -hmm. people end up in these miserable situations yeah and then they go you know both sides don't even care they're like all right i'm seeing somebody they're seeing somebody no one's talking about it and it's it's why stay how about this how about when you get married you got to pay all the divorce costs and put them in escrow and you just yeah. get them back with interest in like 15 but or 20 you know, years people, still i think together. it's a great idea but people just get mad at that because it's uh it's like a prenup almost. Uh, it makes perfect sense to me you only want to do that because you assume we're gonna get divorced listen marriage is hard i mean i i've been married now for uh 12 years and we've known each other for uh, since 99 so that's almost 18 years and there's been ups and downs through this through this relationship and you learn things about someone when you when you first date it's fantastic 6 months is great then you start to get to know each other then you move in with each other and even silly things of like you know uh i i want the furniture there and i want the furniture there like there's compromise that starts then you have kids and then you go well i think our kids should do this well i think our kids should do that and then you're going back and forth and and in all honesty like I've found that with my wife, like the the family unit that we have right now, uh, we've been able to stand, you know, stay in the game long enough where right now, t- uh, you know, 17, 18 years in, I love my wife and I love my life and I'm happy with it. And it's and, and we went through hard times and people go through hard times. Uh, but but it's uh, it you, you have to have incentive you have to have the desire like you said if you if we had been pre-screened i think we would have passed because we got to know each other but there are so many people that go i just met the love of my life really how long ago last night yeah. what <laughs> yeah we're getting married tomorrow no, no don't, don't do, do that, that. <laughs> well we gotta go maz you're happily married and you are the star of a cbs sitcom that is going to be airing on mondays this monday and every monday uh superior donuts Thank you very much for coming in. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. And uh, Carrie Keegan, you are the author of Everybody Swear, Everybody, Everybody Curses, curses. I Swear. <laughs> uh, thanks a lot, you two. Thank, Thank you, you so much.